Welcome back to the Homily Prep Podcast. This is Father Jonathan, and we're continuing with our summer schedule. This week I'm reflecting on the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we have this wonderful image of the 72 disciples being sent on mission. Jesus says, Go lightly, take nothing with you, trust in the providence of God and the generosity of strangers. They returned and rejoiced. Even the demons are cast out because of the name of Jesus. But, Jesus tells them, Do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Friends, this week we have a wonderful example and a checklist, if you will, of what it takes to be a disciple. And then, in proper form, Jesus takes what we thought we knew, or even what we might expect, and flips it right on its head. In this Gospel reading from Luke, Jesus is pretty clear and straightforward. Disciples are to be sent, and they are to be on mission together, not on their own. He goes on to say, Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals. Then we have this interesting line, Greet no one along the way. It's interesting that Jesus is asking his disciples perhaps to be rude to the passers-by. Well, that's one way of looking at it, but I think we should look at this not as neglecting those we encounter along the way, but an encouragement to not get distracted. Because remember, one of the very first things Jesus tells his disciples is to go forth together. They're not alone. Think of how often each one of us gets distracted on a daily basis. Mundane things can get away from us quite easily. And if we up the stress level, then it gets even worse. When I was in studies, it used to be the case that whenever I would start drawing or painting or whatever, it would be a sure sign that I was procrastinating or putting off writing a paper. When we're faced with a difficult task, it's quite easy to find a reason not to do it. And let me tell you, preaching the gospel to a hostile world and a church that is hurting because of the deep wounds of some of its leaders, is difficult, to be sure. And I'm not just talking about homilies at Mass. Each one of us preaches the gospel every day of our lives. Or else we should be. For we have have one goal, one mission, one desire, as St. Ignatius Loyola would say, and that is to praise, reverence, and serve God, and by this means to save our soul. Anything else... Anything that distracts us from that one desire would be hindering that goal. I'm sure we all have those people in our lives, I know I do, who don't really know why we keep coming back to church every Sunday. Especially in today's climate, it might seem silly, even irresponsible to some. But we can't let these people distract us from what is true and good and beautiful in our world. And that is, as Jesus says, that the kingdom of God is at hand for you. This is a message of hope. So his disciples gave up everything they had. They went on a mission without bringing anything with them, except for their companionship and trust in the generosity of others. And it seems as though things went quite well. They trusted in the Lord, and then they came back rejoicing and telling Jesus that even the demons are subject to us because of your name. I'm sure this was an unexpected but welcome outcome of their preaching. We have seen throughout the scriptures that Jesus' followers have been able to share in his miraculous power to heal, to cast out demons, and 
even to raise the dead. Jesus even responds to them, saying, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents, think back to Genesis, and scorpions, and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Quite spectacular. But here's the kicker. This is where, like so many other times, Jesus flips what we thought we knew and what we were expecting him to say right on its head. Not only have the disciples been pushed outside of their comfort zone by their complete and radical trust in the providence of God, not only were they told to be singular in their mission, but when they return from their successful mission, he tells them not to rejoice because the spirits are subject to them, but rather, he says, to rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I can imagine being one of these disciples and coming back from a mission where wonderful things were happening. And Jesus himself tells us, now don't go thinking you did that on your own. You see, that's why the sin of pride is such a big deal. The evil spirit will tell us that we are the cause of all the good things that we do, rather than because of the gift, the grace of God. The miracles the disciples performed were only possible because of their submission to God, rather than any strength or eloquence they might have had. Friends, this is precisely why in our second reading today, St. Paul tells us that the only thing we should boast about is the cross. If you stop to think about it, this is quite an awful thing to say, may I never boast except in the cross. None of the Galatians to whom this letter was written, nor any first century person that had any contact with the Roman Empire whatsoever, would ever consider that a nice and pious thing to say, which I don't know about you, but is certainly how I read it. Being crucified was a disgusting and an embarrassing way to die, perfected by lots and lots of practice, brutality at its finest. Nothing to boast about for sure. So why does St. Paul use this image to boast in? It's the same reason that image continues to be a symbol for our faith to this day. It's not a symbol of defeat and death anymore. Jesus defeated sin and death. His is a symbol of life and of resurrection. The Romans had their go with the symbol, and it reflected who they were and what they were about. When Jesus takes over, it becomes something far more powerful than it ever was. Not only will demons be cast out and the sick healed, but all of humanity will, will have a seat at the table. We are made sons and daughters in Christ. That is why this, image, this imagery from Isaiah in our first reading is so striking. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bodies flourish like the grass. The Lord's power shall be known to his servants. And here we have Jesus fulfilling this prophecy for us. We must become servants, true disciples, children of God. And we must rejoice, not that evil spirits have become subject to us, but that indeed our names are written in heaven, and they were put there by the cross of Christ, of which we must boast. Because if we don't share with the good news of eternal life, then all we're doing is sharing the good news of my life or your life. When the cross is absent, then the, then the temple of selfishness reigns supreme. Remember, the disciples were sent out in a community. They couldn't have done it by themselves, and neither can we. 
Jesus tells us the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. We can't afford, especially in these days, to be distracted from the wonderful and loving mission of Jesus. We know what to do. We've been told. We just have to want to do it.